Hello, this is Jake Leahy reading the Supreme Court Decision Syllabus in Murray v. UBS Securities, LLC. This is the second case of the October 2023 term, and I'm sure there will be a lot more coming over the next couple of months, so be sure to hit subscribe. Certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. Argued October 10, 2023. Decided February 8, 2024. Congress enacted the Whistleblower Protections of the Sarbanes-Oxley Act of 2002 to prohibit publicly traded companies from retaliating against employees who report what they reasonably believe to be instances of criminal fraud or securities law violations. Title 18 U.S.C. Section 1514AA specifically provides that employers may not, quote, discharge, demote, suspend, threaten, harass, or in any other manner discriminate against an employee who in the terms and conditions of employment because of, end quote, protected whistleblowing activity. In this case, Trevor Murray filed a whistleblower action in, in district court alleging that UBS terminated his employment in violation of Section 1514A. Murray worked for UBS as a research strategist in a role that required him to certify in accordance with applicable Securities and Exchange Commission regulations, that his reports to UBS customers on the firm's securities business were independently produced and reflected his own views. UBS terminated Murray shortly after he informed his supervisor that two leaders of the UBS trading desk were engaging in what he believed to be unethical and illegal efforts to skew his independent reporting. In the district court, UBS argued it was entitled to judgment as a matter of law on Murray's whistleblower claims because Murray failed to produce any evidence that his supervisor possessed any sort of retaliatory animus toward him. The district court denied the motion. As relevant here, it instructed the jury that to prove his Section 1514A claim, Murray must establish by a preponderance of the evidence that his protected activity was a contributing factor in the termination of his employment. If Murray did so, the burden would shift to UBS to demonstrate by clear and convincing evidence that it would have terminated Murray's employment even if it had not engaged in protected activity. The jury found that Murray had established his Section 1514A claim, and UBS had failed to prove that it would have fired Murray even if it had not engaged in protected activity. On appeal, the Second Circuit vacated the jury's verdict and remanded for a new trial. The Second Circuit held that retaliatory intent is an element of a Section 1514A claim, and that the trial court erred by not instructing the jury on Murray's burden to prove UBS's retaliatory intent. Held. A whistleblower who invokes Section 1514A must prove that his protected activity was a contributing factor in the employer's unfavorable personnel action but need not prove that his employer acted with retaliatory intent. A. Section 1514AA's text does not reference or include a retaliatory intent requirement, and the provision's mandatory burden-shifting framework cannot be squared with one. In explaining why, and consistent with the Second Circuit's opinion, the court treats retaliatory intent as meaning something akin to animus, Although the Second Circuit and UBS both rely on the word discriminate in Section 1514AA to impose a retaliatory intent, 
requirement on whistleblower plaintiffs, the word discriminate cannot bear that weight. First, placement of the word discriminate in the section's catch-all provision suggests that it is meant to capture other adverse employment actions that are not specifically listed, drawing meaning from the terms discharge, demote, suspend, threaten, and harass. Rather than imbuing those terms with a new or different meaning. But even accepting UBS's argument that discriminate relates back to and characterizes discharge, the word discriminate simply does not require retaliatory intent. The normal definition of discrimination is differential treatment. Bab versus Wilkie. When an employer treats a whistleblower differently and worse because of his protected whistleblowing activity, that is actionable discrimination, and the employer's lack of animosity is irrelevant. See Bostock versus Clayton County. B. In addition to having no basis in the statutory text, requiring a whistleblower to prove his employer's retaliatory intent would ignore the statute's mandatory burden-shifting framework. Burden-shifting frameworks have long provided a key mechanism for getting at the elusive factual question of intent in employment discrimination cases. Watson versus Fort Worth Bank and Trust. Quoting Texas Department of Community Affairs versus Bernine. Burden-shifting focuses the defendant to come forward with some response to the employee's circumstantial evidence. St. Mary's Honor Center versus Six. Congress decided and Sarabini's Oxley that the plaintiff's burden on intent is only to show that the protected activity was a contributing factor in the unfavorable personnel action. 49 U.S.C. Section 42.121.B.2.B.1. If the plaintiff makes that showing, the burden shifts to the employer to demonstrate by clear and convincing evidence that the employer would have taken the same unfavorable personnel action in the absence of that behavior. Section 42.121.B.2.B.2. The contributing factor burden-shifting framework is meant to be plaintiff-friendly. Here, the Second Circuit erred by making proof of retaliatory intent a requirement for satisfaction of the contributing factor element. Showing that an employer acted with retaliatory animus is one way of proving that the protected activity was a contributing factor in the adverse employment action, but is not the only way. C. UBS and its amici argue that without a retaliatory intent requirement, innocent employers will face liability for legitimate non-retaliatory personnel decisions, but the statute's burden-shifting framework does not lead to that result. Section 42.121.B.2.B.2's same action causation inquiry asks whether the employer would have taken the same action against an otherwise identical employee who would not engage in protected activity. While the contributing factor framework that Congress chose in Sarbanes Oxley is not as protective of employers as a motivating factor framework, that is by design. This court cannot override Congress's policy choice by giving employers more protection than the statute provides. Reversed and remanded. Justice Sotomayor delivered the opinion for a unanimous court. Justice Alito filed a concurring opinion in which Justice Barrett joined. Thanks for listening and be sure to hit subscribe. And as a lot of cases will be coming and there's another one, at least one more today already. So be sure to hit subscribe and thanks for listening.